The Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, welcomes you to this radio broadcast of Shi'ar Jeshub, featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing one of the sermons in my husband's in-depth Through the Bible series on Heavenly Authority. The current section focuses on the gifts of the Holy Spirit from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. When we left off, Pastor Greg was reviewing the gifts listed in verses 7 to 11, and he had reached the section in verse 10 where the Apostle Paul includes the gift of tongues. Before we return to the sermon, let me give you our church website address where you can find information about our church and services, as well as catch up in this series by listening to past radio broadcasts. The address is shiarjashub.org. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 3 will give you the spelling. So now let's rejoin Pastor Greg Scalzo, author of the award-winning book, The Nature of and power of prayer. And obviously that was a, a, an issuing forth of tongues where it was an exact speaking of what God is saying. But sometimes in church services, I believe the, the person speaking in tongues, those initial words in the spirit is a catalyst for then the interpretation, which is really more of a prophecy, which starts with those words, but then carries on past the words and tongues to a prophecy of the Lord, in which case you're not going to have a one-to-one -one correlation, right? Because only the first few words are being interpreted, and then you go into a prophecy. So you have tongues, you have interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit, again, being emphasized over and over again, the same Holy Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And I don't think what we have in this list is all-inclusive. I don't think it's completely comprehensive. I don't think Paul is writing it that way to say, now these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and these only, and there are no more. He's just reviewing some of the gifts, some of the more prominent gifts, giving them, showing them how the Lord works, the Spirit works through each individual. If you look in the book of Acts chapter 2, and verse 17, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, so it's the Holy Spirit doing the work. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. So visions and dreams are also manifestations. Not everybody, we all have dreams, right? Those dreams can come from our own minds just winding down. It can come from our own fears, our own spirit. Dreams can come from the devil or demons making us fearful, frightening us. But sometimes dreams can come from God, like Joseph, right? Like Nebuchadnezzar's dream that Daniel interprets. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. So there are two gifts not listed in 1 Corinthians, but they are no less gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Psalmistry, right? In um, 1 Chronicles chapter 25, 
and verse 3, the second part of that, it names the different uh, musicians that uh, David appoints for the temple. And they say, who prophesied with a harp to give thanks and to praise the Lord. Now, obviously, learning a musical instrument is not just a gift of the Holy Spirit. Everyone has the ability or some ability, a talent, natural ability, to learn to play a musical instrument. Um, people in the world can play musical instruments. But when you can play the musical instrument and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you play in such a way that the demons are driven out of Saul, or you play in such a way that prophecy, words come out, a song comes out that you didn't know before, and words of praise to God, that too, and we have a whole book of the Old Testament called the Book of Psalms, is a gift, a manifestation, a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And there are others. So I don't believe the list in 1 Corinthians is an all-inclusive or completely comprehensive list. And I don't think it's meant to be. He's describing, Paul's describing the manifestation of the Spirit to each one. The gift, the gifts, as he wills, as the Holy Spirit wills, as he determines, it will say in verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 12, in some of your uh, Bibles. And you notice there is a dynamic here that goes way beyond any of the nonsense of some of the Eastern mysticism. You know, a lot of these religions, they have a concept of spirit, of everyone melting in to, like, oneness. And the spirit has no personality. It becomes an impersonal force. And you lose personality. You go to Nirvana where you just melt into this nothingness and become one with it. How different the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who is that obviously all these things are meant for the common good. And we're going to see the comparison of the church as a body, as one body with many parts, and it all has to work together. So there is a corporate aspect of this, that the one Holy Spirit anoints different parts of that body for us to work together to be effective. And yet he gives to us, what does it say in verse 11, individually. We are still individuals. We are still called with unique personalities, even as God himself, the Spirit of God, has a unique personality. He determines. He wills. He's not an impersonal force. He has a will. He has a desire. We are made in the image of God. We have personalities. Personality is not a bad thing. The highest creation is the fact that we're made in the image of God with spirits that have personalities. We are individuals. Called, and each one of us is different, even as the parts of the body are different, called to work together, to work as God calls us and wills us, but we still maintain our individuality. And when we read the book of Acts, we see a church that is able to accomplish great things of the Holy Spirit as God anoints each member individually, and yet we know them, right? We know Paul, we know Peter, we know Stephen, we know them as individuals. It's not wrong to be an individual, but it's wrong to be rebellious against God and not submit to what God has for you to do. What a higher calling than all these imaginations of men. The Holy Spirit determines he wills. He is a person. He is the activating person of the Trinity. He, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and the Spirit is sent that we're not left alone that we're not orphans, he does the work in this world, even in the creation. In the beginning, God, Elohim, it is the will of the Father. 
He speaks the word, the template. Through Jesus Christ, all things are made. He is the template. It's made for him and through him. He is the template. And the spirit of God is hovering over the deep. He is the activating force that works the work of God in this realm. And there is force and manifestation of his power, but he is not a force. He is a person. He wills, he determines as he wills, because the Father is not in pers an impersonal force. And the Spirit is the fullness of God, the full personality of God the Father, working in this world around us. He is his essence, his being, and he is the activating Spirit that dwells within us, and is with us, and he wills. He, the counselor, the Holy Spirit distributes. He wills. And what does it say in verse 11? But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. He distributes, he determines, right? And he works. He does the work. Because when you receive the gift, you're not doing it. What do you do? You lay hands on a person. What are you doing? You're waiting for the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of God comes and works through you. He works the work. He determines who does what, and he wills. And he gives to each one, distributes individually. And then in verse 12, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. And here's the goal of it that we become like Jesus in this world through his church. As the body is one and has many members, many parts, and we even know more parts today than Paul could have known back then except through the Spirit. We know the intricacies of the human body and how much we need all the different organs, the members, the systems, the nervous system, the endocrine system, all the things that are going on and we don't even give thought to it. But each one is necessary and we need each part. Even as it's many, but all the members of that one body, being many, are still what? One body, so also is Christ. We're meant to project one Jesus. We are to be one Lord Jesus Christ. We are his body in this world. And so when you see the fragmentation of the church, it is not the heart's desire of God. It might be necessary because of sin, but it's not the heart's desire of God. And here, uh, Paul, in the Holy Spirit, uses the symbolism of the human body to show how, first, all of us who believe in Jesus Christ are tied together. Whether we like it or not, we're tied together. We are dependent upon each other. And we are under the head of the leadership of Christ. Too often we believe in Jesus, but if we have not been baptized, as we studied last week, by the Spirit into the body, we're fighting against what God wants for us to do. We're like an epileptic body. We're not receiving the commands from the head the right way. Because remember in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22, And he, the Father, put all things under his, Jesus' feet, and gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The church is his body, he is the head. We should each be receiving, leading from the Lord Jesus Christ as to what we should do. What is our 
service? What is our ministry? What gifts does the Lord desire for us to have? And what is the working? How will God work the work in each of our lives individually? It's in his service according to his will. And Paul goes on here to show how all the parts are necessary. One is really not more important than the other. And that agrees with what we studied, right, weeks back, that you are all brethren in the Lord. Every part, some parts are more visible, and he's going to go on to explain that symbolically in the body. Some parts are more showy, but every part is necessary. And really, they need to be coordinated under the head Christ Jesus for the body to work well, for it to be a healthy, strong, coordinated body. Join us for the next edition of Shi'ar Jashub to hear the conclusion of this sermon. Pastor Greg Scalzo's book, The Nature and Power of Prayer, winner of first place in the fall 2017 Christian Author Awards Bible Study category, is available on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, and at most bookstores. You can find more information at pastorgregscalzo.com. And do remember our church website for serious Bible study. There you can find information about Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle, including directions to our 10 a.m. Sunday service at the Madison Memorial Hall and a library of programs at shiarjashub.org. May the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve Him.